0: Episode 22 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Happy to be joined once again by two of the best up-and-coming recruiting insiders in the game. Travis Graff and David Sisk of catsillustrated.com. Well, Travis, we'll start with you, man. You know, Christmas, we weren't able to talk last week because of, you know, Christmas and the new year. Uh, it's been so chaotic. How was your holiday season? And are you back in the grind?
1: Yes, back in the grind after the holiday season, my birthday week, UKUville week, and then I'm ready to have two basketball games a week now instead of it seems like there's only been 3 games the past month.
0: Oh my goodness, man. That has been that has been driving me nuts because you know, it feels like B- Kentucky hasn't even been able to find their groove with with the you, you know, with the full week in between practice. I know Calipari loves his camp cal, and I know he loves hyping up, you know, all of the all of the time off that they get and all that stuff, but man, it is driving me absolutely nuts. You are exactly right. Uh, now for David. We you kind of made an impromptu jump into the show midweek last week. Uh, we actually started the show by saying, "Oh man, it's you know it's a shame we won't be able to talk to David and figure out how his Christmas was and and what he's doing for the New Year and all that." And then, bam! You decide to bless our our listeners with with your greatness. So we appreciate that, uh, David. How are you doing, man? How are you doing, man?
2: I'm I'm doing great, man. Good to be here on time this week
0: i i am very much in the same boat there i am excited to be back in the groove get these things published on tuesdays i i did not like getting out of order um, So yeah, it is. I am very, very excited to get going A lot of stuff, man A lot of stuff that we need to cover A lot of recruiting stuff that uh, has happened over the course of the last week Week and a half or so uh, The Kentucky Wildcats are playing out of their mind right now Getting uh, two, two back to, you know A major victory over Louisville last week And then Missouri just recently this past weekend They were able to get the SEC slate started off on the right foot but so with that being said <laughs> let's jump right into just what the heck John Calipari and his staff is doing right now guys they are on the They are on the hunt right now. They are going, uh, you know, they're laying the groundwork for some of these next future classes, ranging from you know going to see Lance Ware up in the Northeast, who was a signee for 2020, all the way up to DJ Wagner, a 2023 prospect. So across the board, they are going nuts. We'll run through um, what who the staff saw over the last week. They started with uh, Lance Ware. They went up in the Northeast. They saw Lance Ware. They saw. Jalen um, And then DJ Wagner was up during that same Trip they John Calipari Went up to go see Jonathan Kaminga the class of 2021 Who is ultimately we think That he's going to end up reclassifying to 2020 But he is arguably the best Basketball player in all of high school basketball no, no matter which class He ends up in or where he is right now People think that he could very well be The best player in high school basketball uh, They We talked last week About, the, about UK's trip to Go see Kennedy Chandler, class of 2021 prospect uh, Zion Cruz. So yeah, th- I mean they they went to go see. By my count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven prospects. Um, guys, let, you know Travis. Let me just start with you. Uh, what you know. What what do you think of the timing of this and the fact that that Calipari it just seems like they are, you know, they're dividing and conquering right now. You know, what do you think of the timing of the visits, who they've been visiting and, you know, just kind of the overall significance of it all, man?
1: I think that he's really really starting to hit hit the younger kids earlier now. I think he's trying I think he realizes that he can't just swoop in and get kids like he used to anymore at least the top tier kids, I think he's trying to build relationships. That's what he did with Jaden Hardy. That's what he's doing uh, with uh, Jalen Duran. And then I think that DJ Wagner, if he goes to college, is the biggest Cal Perry lock of Cal Perry's whole entire life. But, yeah, I think that he's trying to get in early on these younger kids, and I think that that's that's the key to his recruiting success
0: moving forward. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point because there was a while there that Calipari could he could really go and get just about darn near anybody he wanted about as late as he wanted honestly. I mean, uh the, you know there there are the stories of of the various recruits where, you know, that that story of Chris uh, of uh um, gosh, I'm, I'm uh, of, of Mick Cronin. How you know he was complaining about about a specific recruit, and he said, "I, I could come in in uh, and, and a, a guy that you've had locked up for two years. I can come in in a week and get a signature from him." That's kind of a you know one of the behind the scenes quote that we've heard quotes we've heard from John Calipari with some of those you know high major guys that. He, he's been able to get with ease in the past that now that the one-and-done system has kind of become what it has and how, you know, recruits are not necessarily going straight for the Blue Blood programs. They're, you know, going to LSU and and Washington and some of the, you know, going to some of the lesser, you know, still, you know, high major schools but the not the Blue Blood programs. And it's causing Calipari to change his game a little bit. So, David, what do you think of the timing and the significance of the players' in particular, you know, uh, you know, Jonathan Kaminga. Everybody has been talking about Duke lately and and how they've been able to pick up pick up ground. What do you think of the sign- significance of his visit in particular along with, you know, guys like, you know, Trey Kaufman, class of 2021. It seems like Joel Justice has been been hitting the ground running with him and Kennedy Chandler, a guy that a lot of people have been thinking is, uh, you know, that UK is is not out of the race, but that they're not a favorite by any means. We we reported that on the podcast last week. So, David, what Give me your take on just this this recruiting uh, madness that's going on right now. Uh,
2: it's a busy time of the year uh, for recruiting as far as coaches getting out to watch or, or have an opportunity to see a, a bunch of players at one time with these um, big-time tournaments to go on over the holidays. Yeah. Um, he got to see almost at every one that he went to is rail well, in the Northeast. Let me rephrase that. In the Northeast, um, you know, he got to he went to uh New Jersey and he saw uh, DJ Wagner, Lance Ware, and Jalen Duran all in one night. And then he goes uh to the Players Showcase, uh another one in New Jersey, and uh he sees uh Don Cruz and Kaminga. So um you know, it was an opportunity, and I said he, the first event, it was actually Kenny Payne. So, uh, you know, you get to see where, and they needed to see him play, but you also see two possible recruits in the future, and uh, you get to see Jonathan Kaminga. Calipari goes to that one, and he sees uh, a younger player. I did think it was interesting, that and it may have been timing, but I think it was very interesting that Calipari – you know, was the one to go see Kaminga was an assistant. Uh, so, you know, just like you say, the timing, uh, it was qual- quality, and quantity. You get to see the guys you really want to see and you get to see quite a few of them. I do think it's interesting. Uh, like you say, first of all, uh, on Kennedy Chandler, uh, and, uh, uh, our kid in Indiana, uh, um, Kaufman. Yep. Trey Kaufman. Um, these are guys, you know, they were scheduled to see Trey Kaufman a couple of weeks ago, and, and this, it had a schedule conflict and couldn't make it. Um, Kennedy Chandler and, and Trey Kaufman are two guys that they seem to be looking at over and over. Um, you know, uh, Joel Justice has it, been up to see him, uh, Kaufman, several times. And it, it's really, I, I'm really curious about Chandler because this is a guy that, Maybe some of us have thought in the past that they had no shot for, but for a guy they have no shot for, John Calipari is spending a lot of time with him. And, you know, he's went to see him twice in Memphis. He was in Nashville last Monday uh, to see him again. So that's three times in the last few weeks that John Perry himself has gone to see uh, Kennedy Chandler So. Chandler and and Kaufman to me are the real interesting ones. And And I'm curious if uh, Kaufman may not have some type of silent uh, offer. You know, they're big on that and Mm -hmm. they just want to see him a lot. If he doesn't have uh, an offer yet, uh, I would think he might have one coming up soon because we're spending a lot of time with him for a guy that doesn't have one yet.
0: I mean, it does really go for it, Travis.
1: Could you imagine being. A coach and going to on the to watch a recruit at the uh, briarcrest IMG 28 22 shootout oh. a couple nights ago <laughs> I, that is like like David said they were turning uh briarcrest was turning their offense over and over and over again it would have two to three minute possessions and that is one thousand percent why high school needs a shot clock.
2: I started to go. I don't live. I, I can be down there just over two hours from where I live. And I started to go Saturday. We had uh, high school games Friday. So I, I started to. And to be honest with if Kentucky hadn't played Missouri, I probably would have gone. And uh, now I'm glad I didn't.
0: Yeah. That- Speaking
1: of IMG, you see uh, Duke commit or signee Jalen Johnson is no longer with IMG, mutual party?
0: That's yeah, that's big news, and you know we need to give credit. We need to give credit to Big Blue Drew on this one, Uh, Travis. You know he was down at that uh, that City of Palms event, and he was like the first person on that. He was the only person I saw breaking that news on Twitter, and he, you know, he's a Kentucky guy, so. Breaking news on a Duke guy, uh, you know, a, a Duke recruit really wasn't, you know, in his wheelhouse. He doesn't care about Jalen Johnson and Duke, but he tweeted it out almost like, hey, in case you're curious about where a top five kid is going and why he's not playing on the field or, or playing on the court, you know, for, for IMG, I'm just here to tell you that there's some rumblings right now that he's left the program and all that. And I think there are some other rumblings after that where, uh, where, I don't know if he came out adamantly and adamantly and and denied those rumors himself, or somebody were you know somebody was speaking on his behalf, whether it was his coach or his parent or whatever. I can't remember where I read it, but I remember somebody denied the 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 speculation, and, and I remember Big Blue Drew. He was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just you know don't shoot the messenger. I'm just here to tell you what I was hearing at City of Palms because that was the speculation that he was leaving, and sure enough, here we are a couple you know just I mean that was what a week ago, a week and a half ago. So yeah, give him Give all credit to him, man. He was all over that. But that's a big story. I mean, a top five player in the nation leaving. You know what? A player. You know, leaving a program like IMG mid-season. A. You know, where is he going? B. There has been some speculation that he's going to enroll. You know, second semester at Duke. Which I I don't think that's
1: the case. I I think it's too late. But speculation. I'm not going to spread what the speculation is. But I don't think that has anything to do with Duke he could end up there but i don't think me personally i don't think that's what it is
0: yeah i, I wasn't i wasn't like trying to spread the rumor even further i was mo- i was more so saying that that rumor what I think a couple people posted it on instagram or or in a comment you know in a comment thread on instagram or something where I saw it and I was like okay that's kind of you know it seems a little late for that and you know all that but i don't know you, you know i've i've Distanced myself from that recruitment as soon as he, you know, ended his dream talk, you know, dream school talk, and ended up committing to Duke. I, I have distanced myself quite a bit from his recruitment and just kind of his his game overall. I, I remember I was so disappointed watching, you know, I was impressed watching him at UYBL the various UYBL events, and then I saw him play with uh, on the same team as McCurr Maker and Palo Benchero. At the MBPA Top 100 camp And I remember watching specifically For Jalen Johnson because he was Still a a major, major, major UK target and you know Obviously McCurr-Maker still still Was at the time as well. Paolo was Was very, you know, he was seen as a Heavy, heavy Washington lean And I was watching for Jalen first and foremost, secondly McCurr-Maker and third Very loosely Paolo And Paolo outplayed Jalen Johnson by a million. I was so unimpressed after watching Jalen, and more impressed watching Paolo because man, he was he was do- as as a you know a player a year younger. He was physically dominating on both ends of the floor, where Jalen Johnson was just it, it just felt like he was asleep at the wheel. He was not. Making, I like Jalen,
2: make- I, but if I had a critique of him, a negative critique, and I'm sure you probably agree with this. um, from what you saw, he—he's he, one of those guys who never looks like he's going hard. Yeah, uh, and you know, I could see, in, and he, he's just not—he's he's not an alpha. Oh,
0: no. And,
2: yeah, and I, I could see him uh, maybe in situations kind of disappearing because you know I, I, he just never. When I watched him in the spring, he just—they were really good. His team was really good. But I just never really saw him take over.
0: Well, that was. Let me ask
1: y'all a question real quick. Uh, Talking about guys that kind of disappointed you. Looking at Lance Ware's numbers over the past week or two, do y'all have any concerns about him? He put up eight eight points and fourteen rebounds against Jalen Duran and Roman Catholic. He um, he scored twelve points and had eleven rebounds and went over Simon Gratz and scored thirteen points against Cherokee. Is there? I don't. I don't
2: because. Yeah, but because I, I would just have to see him play. And just weird things can happen in high school. And it's just simply because I, I didn't get to see it in person and uh, or, or even a video of it and, and kind of not knowing what's going on, you can just watch high school games and you'll see guys not put up numbers for whatever reason. Um and high I was remember it's
1: a lot easier to double team and triple team players too. You like you saw that with Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Granted, is the best high school team maybe I've ever seen in recent memory, but they completely shut Kaminga down, and then Kaminga was hurt in the second game against I forget who they played, but I saw he,
0: he got hurt against Sierra Canyon. The other yeah, that's what I what saw
2: I him. I saw him in high school. Uh, Ron Mercer, when he was in Nashville, I saw him. When he was at Nashville good pastor and they were playing Battleground Academy, and Battleground had five guys out there that looked about like me. And Ron scored four points. And I remember a guy telling me, he's not any good. You know, he only scored four points on BGA. And I'm saying, I watched him drop 42 on Tim Thomas. Yeah. I know what he's got. Uh, I said, he would rather be anywhere in the world than in here playing this game right now. And and I think a lot of times in high school, you know, Simon Gratz, I know is really good. And I don't know that he would situation where he got bored or anything like that. But I've seen high school players. They get in these games or, or, you know, they signed a big scholarships, whatever. They get a little bored. And I also believe, uh, you know, he's he's trying to evolve his game. Um, and kind of step it out on the floor And he still maybe making that adjustment So, like I said, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes And just not watching it in person And who knows, he just may not be getting the ball
0: Yeah, one thing know? One thing so. I will say about that whole situation um, Camden, his high school They lost their leading scorer from last year they, they, uh, He graduated last season And, you know, last season as a junior Lance Ware was was only the third the the third uh, highest scorer on that team. They still have, I, I believe, he's a junior this year. I can't, you know, his name's his his name slipped with me. But Lance was he was expected to be a major a major 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 uh, you know a, a major piece on that Camden team that you know very well could you know could compete for a, a state title this year. But they still have their their. You know, second leading scorer back, who is now you know not looking at the numbers right in front of me, but I'd assume he is he's now the number one option. So the ball is going through him, whereas Lance was always seen as kind of the cleanup, do the dirty work, the gritty you know down low type player. So the numbers that you were you were rattling off to me didn't necessarily surprise me because. I you know I was more impressed with the fact that he dropped eight and fourteen more so than fourteen and eight if that makes sense you know I I'm wanting Lance Ware to be a guy that comes in and grabs a ton of rebounds scores clean up you know in as many clean up opportunities as he can that is exactly the role that I want him to have at Kentucky so if he's if he is doing you know similar things at Camden you know I'm I'm impressed and yeah I think David brings up a really good point he has been expanding his game so much and trying to you know, push he, – he already had the, you know, 10- to 12-footer, but he's extending that down, you know, to 17, 18 feet out, trying to, you know, extend all the way out to the perimeter with his jump shot. So, yeah, like I said, without having the numbers in front of me, I don't know what, what his shooting numbers are specifically, but and it would not be If you look surprising.
2: at stats, too, I, I kind of went through Saturday night when I was putting a piece together on who all they saw, and, and Corey Evans had a, had a big piece on Devin Eskew again. Had seen him and I kind of went through the crunch some numbers and the event he was playing in they had the stats from each game and I think he had one night like he was three of 14 from the field and the next night he kind of picked it up but you know the thing on on, on him is you know he he's supposed to be a really good shooter so um and, and Corey didn't say overly concerned that he had a bad night shooting the ball you know and guys are going to have bad nights so uh you know if if Right now, you know, that's when he gets strengths because he can shoot. So if you're not going to get particularly tore up about, you know, Devin having a bad night shooting, you know, I'm not going to get too tore up about Lance my, either.
1: My biggest thing with Devin Askew is the video that's going around on Twitter right now <laughs> where he got absolutely demolished by this kid that is about four inches shorter than him. I forget. I couldn't tell who they were playing, but there's a clip on Twitter where he gets his – the guy has him in a body bag all the way up and down the court. And he's clearly frustrated, and he got his pocket picked like four, five, six times. And the guy's tra- drawing charges on him, all in his head. And that's something that, that kind of gave me a little bit of pause. But I think shooting is going to translate, and I don't think he's going to be the sole primary ball handler next year either. I think that Terrence Clark will be that Tyreek Evans type of point guard. Uh, I think the Brandon Boston, like we talked about on the last show, will init- initiate the offense as well. Emmanuel quickly if he returns, so it's not going to be just on Devin's shoulders. So that's going to be a good thing. All
0: right is is it time to start talking about Emmanuel quickly? I, I know we're at the end of the show. We're going to get into the players specifically, but this ties in. Uh, you know, it, I, we're going to talk about. Th- the Kentucky program as a whole, and in, in the last couple games and all that stuff, but this ties in with what you're talking about with with Askew and and who is going to lead the offense. I have already, you know, b- been outspoken. I saw him during the UIBL season. I fell in love with his game. Loved his comp- you know, his competitiveness. I love what he brought to the table. Like like David said, even when he had cold shooting, you know, uh, cold shooting nights, he still brought a lot of good stuff to the table just from a, a competitive, uh, uh, you know, just from a competitiveness standpoint. So. With that being said, is it time to start talking about Emmanuel quickly as a potential draft prospect? Because the more we're watching him play, the more he's finding his shot and get growing confidence from the perimeter, and you know, knocking down. You know, he's. I think he's the number two overall uh, free throw shooter in in program history right now. Uh, you know, he's shooting some something ridiculous, like like. Ninety-seven percent from the from the free throw line, something crazy. But he is seemingly growing, you know, growing confidence by the game. It, are we starting to see the the transition from no way he comes? You know, kind of what we saw out of of Tyler Hero last last year. The there is no chance that he is he leaves for the draft after this year. He's gonna well, you might as well pencil him in next year. Is are we starting to see that transition from? surefire returnee to maybe possibly draft prospect. Travis, do you think Emmanuel quickly is a draft prospect? I'll just say this. I don't, I want,
1: I know that's not what you're saying, but I wouldn't even compare him and Tyler hero situation. I think that I'll say this. I think Emmanuel quickly, I think his pro stock is as high as it will ever get just with age being on his side right now. And the uptick in his game from last year this year but he's also never going to be an nba like a consistent nba player i think he'll be in and out of the g league if he ever consistently makes it to the nba for a extended period of time but i think you gotta look at like i said i think his draft I, i think his draft status will never be higher than it is right now and i think regardless like if it's in the nba the g league overseas i think he's i think you're looking at a strong possibility of him leaving after this season even though i think next i think next year it'd be interesting to see him and ask you as the point guards because i don't think either one's a pure point guard i think they're combo guards but yeah it's gonna be an interesting situation to follow i wouldn't be surprised if he came back i wouldn't be surprised if he left
0: david what do you think of quickly's development and, and i wasn't i wasn't comparing him to tyler hero at, at all i was more i was more so comparing the the mindset of the of the fans that automatically assumed because he was a four star player, you know, blah blah blah. I know he he performed well at the All Star, you know, Jordan Brand Classic practices, blah blah blah. I, I I get that, but just in terms of the mindset change from where fans all like automatically pencil him in as a returnee. To where middle of the year he started doing some stuff where we started going, hmm, that looked very NBA esque. That look, you know, some of you know, just some of the very specific things he did on the floor made us go, okay, that was very, very, very impressive. Could he potentially do that in the NBA next year? We, we just that mindset started to change, and I, you know, I've just noticed he he had some some you know huge games to start the year, but the consistency it seems and and just confidence on the floor and, and and how he's able to find space and and you know and fight off you know you know strong picks you know whatever he is gr- it seems like he's growing by the game so david do you think that we are seeing that transition and and uh, you know bouncing off travis's point do you see a, a pro potential with with iq if ashton Hagens
2: has an uh uh injury, uh, severe type injury, or an injury that's going to put him out for any significant time, uh, come back and ask me that here in about a week or two.
0: That's um, fair, fair.
2: And the reason I say that, um, I'm looking at at Eric Bossy's article from today, and I'm not going to, I know we'll probably talk about Higgins later on, so I, I'm not going to get too much into that. I know we're talking about quickly, but um let's take a look and see now it, it puts more on quickly and on um Tyree to see what they can do with Hagans out. I want to see before I make a would make a leak about an NBA type player, how much can can he create on his own because Ashton Haggins has been averaging eight point four assists in the last ten games. And how much he's been setting the table so much where, like you say, he can get shots in space, but I believe they want to see him create. Um, also, um I think after the season is over and in the spring, it's going to be critical for all these guys. And I expect a lot of them to test the waters, just about every one of them. I mean, this is just a, a yearly thing. Calipari wants them to do that. But with his size – I mean, does he go and they say, look, you're not big enough for an NBA 2. You know, you're going to have to do it more at a point. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to prove to us that you can play the point guard. That's your route to go into the NBA. Well, if that happens, um, obviously his best route is to come back next year and John Kelly Perry say, look, you know, if you want to do that, we'll put the ball well, – you've got the opportunity to put the ball in your hands at the point guard spot. So I, I think I, I kind of go with, with Travis right now. If, I mean, if you said, okay, you've got to say yes or no, I would lean toward no, but, you know, that could obviously change. Um, you know, he's got the, the platform to do it in the SEC, but it's also that there's a lot of revolving issues, like I said, including the feedback that he's going to get after the season because, you know, they're gonna be up front with him at the combines, um, on, on what he needs to do, but but what his role is going to be in the NBA. And like I said, if it is at the like point guard spot, which I could really see it being, then uh then I don't think there's any way he's ready coming out this season.
0: Yeah. It'll it'll definitely be interesting to see how the, the rest of the year progresses and and especially that you know you, that was uh, you brought up a huge point with that Ashton Hagen situation and and we'll, like I said we'll get into that when when we talk about the team in particular um, but on that note uh, we were thinking about you know we, we kind of talked a little bit earlier before you know before we started the show that we were going to do something a little different than usual uh, I think and I want to go
2: on record but before we start saying that. Uh, I'm never going to forgive Travis for this. I, I, he's he's gone way down my list before doing this list.
0: <laughs> so the list he is referring to. So there there is so much you know back and forth debate about oh ESPN's r- ratings are garbage. I I still wholeheartedly agree with that statement, but, you know, that's the overall sentiment. Oh, ESPN ratings are garbage. Oh, this player's underrated. This player's so severely overrated, blah, 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 That narrative is, you know, that's one of the biggest talking points on Twitter right now. Who is the best player in high school basketball? Who is the second? Who's the third? Who's the fourth? So we have decided that tonight we are going to rank the top 20 prospects in the class of 2020 moving forward. And, you know, this is, you know, we each, we basically divided and conquered with it with this. We didn't work together on this at all. This is, you know, this is each individual working on their own to come up with their own individual list. So, with that being said. And this is in no way, shape, or form slamming any of the, uh, like rivals 24-7 ESPN.
1: This is just our own personal thing. Right, yeah. This I'm going to
2: say this. Right. It makes me appreciate Corey Evans, Eric Bossy, Evan Daniel, Paul Bean, Cardi, all these guys. When it comes down to you have to go public and make your own list, it makes me appreciate those guys more. Yeah.
1: Because you're never going to make everybody happy. <laughs> and then you're splitting hairs. I noticed I was splitting hairs a lot on these lists.
0: Yeah, yeah. And something
1: that I, that I envision with these lists is I would like to get them out on Twitter and have some back and forth with the listeners of the show, what they think of their top twenty. Yes.
0: Yeah, so, so for for those that are listening now, I we are recording this on Monday night, so it, it, so we can and publish it on Tuesday morning. So after we are done recording this, we're gonna all three of us post our individual lists on Twitter. So by the time you guys listen to this, you'll be able to kind of go back and forth with your own respective list. So that so that, that was kind of our overall idea with this. So with that being said, drafting number one with the or drafting first with the number one overall pick in the class of twenty twenty, David Sisk.
2: Oh man, I didn't know we were gonna do it like this. And I got thrown off too. My daughter is in New York City. Uh-huh. And uh, she's up there for three, four days. And she texted me and said she's had a drag show. Oh. <laughs> so man, you, man, I'm I'm really God, I'm really throwing off my game right now. Uh, okay, just to let you guys and everybody out there know, um, that we haven't been working on it. Like I said, I I thought maybe each one of us would give her twenty. Travis brought it up this afternoon that we were, you know, had, had sent me a text and I know Jack, you brought it up. So I thought we would rate players our one through 20 and which is fine. Uh, that we're doing, I had no idea that we were going to like draft. So that just kind of tells you in no way was this preconceived. (laughs) Uh, so, um, and I was just really kind of rating the players. Let me say this too, that I've seen, I'm not going to, there's some top 20 guys that I've not seen or really didn't pay attention to. So, um, I think with everybody, most everybody, it's a battle between Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley for one and two. I did not get to see Evan Mobley enough, so I'm going to go with Cade Cunningham.
0: Travis. I went
1: with Evan Mobley. Just his size and his versatility, I think he can be great at the college level and even greater in the NBA.
0: I went with... Cade Cunningham for just just in terms of pure dominance and and perfection of the I I think he, when it, when you look for a championship level point guard Cade Cunningham is 100% the player that that I look for in terms of just overall dominance I think he is going to be one hell of a college basketball player um, I also didn't like that Evan Mobley had some some uh some competition issues this summer in terms of who he was playing, where he was playing, all that stuff. That was one thing that the in the recruiting circles, that was that was something that came up regularly. How how not that he was ducking competition, but uh that, that he wasn't competing at the same level as, as some of these other elite guys. So I'm gonna give give the uh give my credit to Cade Cunningham for the first spot. Number two, David. I
2: would have to go with Evan Mobley.
1: Travis. I flip flop with, with you guys, I'm assuming. Um or at least with David. I I went with Kate Cunningham here.
0: Okay. I went with Evan Mobley. All right. David number three. Uh Jalen Green. Travis? Jalen Green. Three. Terrence Clark. I, uh, I I think in terms of College readiness, I think Terrence Clark is going to be in his one year of college. I think Terrence Clark is going to be uh, just an inch above what Jalen Green brings to the table. Now, let me tell you, Jalen Green has had one hell of a start to his senior year. I am, I, I it, this was really, really close for me. I am, uh, I am a huge, huge, huge fan of Jalen Green. So this is not a knock on him at all. I think he, I, I think the, I think the top four are so close as it is that. That you know, it, it really you know we're we're just it's it's not a big enough difference to you know nothing. You make a, a
2: great point right there, Jack. Might jump in right quick. I've heard Evan. I mean, not Evan. Uh, uh, Corey Evans when he gets has taken some criticism on his list on, on his rankings, and I've yeah. I've heard him say publicly, "Look, one through four, one through five, um, you know, kind of stands out, and then after that, it's so." you could take about 15, 20 guys and just put them in a bag and shake them up. And he says, there's not a difference. And I know like, you know, a lot of Kentucky fans don't like where BJ Boston's ranked, but he says, look, the, the the difference in a guy being number 17 and number seven is minute.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a That's a really, really good point. See yeah. back to Jalen. I think Jalen is
1: the, I, I think, he has an argument for number one. Honestly, I think he's going to be fantastic at the college level and fantastic at the NBA level. I think I love him in pick-and-roll situations. I think he's gotten much better at that this season. And I think that since he's added the outside shot and he's just not a dunker anymore, I think he's just going to be unguardable at the next level.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, it's it, all all good points. Number five, uh, David. Now, I don't think we did four yet, did we? Oh, no, oh, yeah, didn't. yeah, 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 yeah. Number, number four, Terrence Clark, Travis Parents Clark. All right, and I went with Jalen Green for obvious reasons. What I just said, I think he's going to have one hell of a one hell of a year wherever he is. I, I'm still not convinced he goes to college at this point, but wherever he is playing, he is going to have a very, very successful year. And I wish him the best. I am a big Jalen Green fan. Number five, David.
2: Uh, this is where I'm probably going to jump off the grid a little bit. Uh, Jalen Suggs.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Very interesting. Yeah. I respect yeah. it. And, and,
2: I respect it. I'm going to tell you something, man. I saw I saw him, and I am um, the guys in that grassroots sizzle program I'm close to. And because I cover some Minnesota, too. So, I, I, I was going to watching all these kids in Minnesota play like two, three summers ago. And... I really like him and his dad and, 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 and the program directors with sizzle, but I, I'm going to be honest with you early on and like in between his sophomore and junior year, I did not like his game as much because I just felt it was like, put your head down, go straight to the rim and, and draw contact. And his game then was kind of a little bit of Josh Christopher's now, but I'm telling you when I saw him last summer and I watched him play, uh, team Thad, who who was in in a, war, in a war and I watched him play a couple times and man, he was shooting off the move 25, 28 feet, just one after another. And he's got a beautiful three point shot now and he can get to the rim. He's a football player. He's physical. He likes a challenge. He may like a challenge a little too much. Um, <laughs> Man, he's he committed to Gonzaga
0: Saturday, and
2: I think he's probably the best player to ever ever come into that program.
0: Well, side note: Is he going to ever be at the Gonzaga program? Do you think, or is he going pro?
2: That's a good question. You know, because um, uh, you know he could go internationally, and I think it's going to depend. And you know, they've not dodged that. Brian Sandifer, his his coach, will sizzle. I've talked to him a lot, and he tells me he says you know it's just going to be a shoe contract oh you know he said if things go right they can go there for one year and get five million you yeah. know if uh-huh. they can do that they're not passing up
0: yeah that's it's a good point so i i travis i don't know if you'll get that far off the grid but who who do you have at five
1: i'm sticking with what rivals has and jalen johnson i just we talked about motor issues with him but i think Just his build and his natural gift of scoring, I think he can be um, next line of great uh, Duke small forwards with Brandon Ingram, um, Jason Tatum
0: type. Yeah, I went with Zaire Williams at five. I I think... His return to you know he just he just now got back to start playing with Sierra Canyon and it, it it's just been such a seamless transition he jumped in I know I know they they suffered their first loss and and you know they they've struggled a little bit but him in particular his his transition to you know getting back on the floor and playing with those guys he has been he has been very very good I was very very impressed with what he brought to the table lived up to his billing as a Consensus top ten player, top eight level player, but I I I'm gonna go ahead and put him at number five overall. Uh number six, David.
2: Uh because I've not seen him play, I will not have Zaire Williams, uh, Daron Sharp, Daisy Nicks. I'm trying to look at the other top twenty players, or Bryce Thompson on my list, who are all foreign rivals top twenty. So having said that, at number six I had Jalen Johnson. Um, and there was a time it would have been higher than that. Um, like I said, just, I think he's got a, a really good package, but, um, motor issues to me would, would bring it down, but I still think with his skill level at his size, you know, there's not a lot of guys like that. So I, I put him in number six,
0: uh, Travis, I got Scotty Barnes.
1: I love you. His build, I love that he can affect the game without scoring.
0: Oh, man. you—it <laughs> It is about to get all sorts of wacky from here because <laughs> because I dropped him a, a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, uh, my number six, I have Greg Brown. Um, I don't think he's going to Kentucky at this point. I think Texas is a very strong lean. But I, from what I've seen – uh, of this year in particular and how he's expanding his game man. He's he he's always been just a pogo stick freak of nature athlete who is always going to be a walking highlight reel at the college level no matter where he went and no matter how his game progressed he was always going to be that level of player and then he goes on and develops a three point shot and learn you know he's developing guard skills and all that seeing his highlights now he's dropping you know four point you know four three pointers in a game here two here a couple here a couple there man the, the fact that he's adding that to his bag Um, you know, as gifted as he is as just a, just a freak athlete, knowing what to do, you know, thriving in transition and all that stuff. I think he is going to be the real deal, at the college level. And I think, I think it's going to be Texas. And I think that, that he's going to be a very, very special player. Um, He's going to take an official visit to Kentucky this weekend. He took one uh, an official to Memphis this past weekend. We'll see, you know, where where things go from there. Um, I I am not feeling great about Kentucky's chances right now. We'll see how this visit goes, but I think that they are in third or fourth place, if if I'm being honest. So that's an unbiased opinion, assuming that he's not going to be at Kentucky. I am a very very big fan of Greg Brown. Uh, hey, I'll say
1: this real quick. I uh, wanted to say something else on Scotty Barnes real quick. I think he has arguably top three if not the highest floor in the class because I think that uh, there's plenty of other players that have much higher ceilings like Jalen Green Terrence Clark guys like those but I think that Scotty Barnes at a minimum in in college will get you like 10 or 12 points 10 rebounds and I think that that speaks for itself
0: interesting I think it's a good take it is um, let's see we are at seven David
2: maker, and he's one of those guys that um, – I'll preface it here. He's one of these guys who can finish a lot higher, could be a total bust. Yep. Um, you know, he he's he's kind of switched around on AAU teams and high schools and all that. And, um, so, you know, and then there's the concern about going pro and all that. And, you know, does he have baggage? I don't know that what some people's concern about being baggage. I think his AAU team that he played with was was kind of different from anybody that I've seen because there wasn't a whole lot around him, and he was, like, unenthused. And I think high school was kind of the same way before he transferred. So I, I thought he was in some unusual situations, but – uh, and I, thought, I think, too, he spent the whole time as a guy that's seven-foot, gosh, he's mammoth, oh, 255, 260, uh, can go between the legs, shoot He's like he wanted to play point guard the whole time. And uh, it was like he was trying to prove he could do that. He's got a lot of skill. And I, he just needs to get in a situation where he can just really, somebody can channel him. and and, and just put him in the right direction i'm afraid if he doesn't get that he's a really talented player who can kind of fall off the the edge so um he he's got as much ability to me as anybody in this class but you know there's uh there's a huge hit or miss uh uh, area with him
0: yep i agree uh travis or seven right seven all right, I got Greg Brown for the same reasons that Jack named a minute ago. Good. That's a good pick. I like it. I like it. Uh, I went with Jalen Johnson, uh, so I think we're all kind of in on the same boat with him. I thought going into the summer that he was a, t- a consensus top three player. I was a huge, huge fan of his game. Uh, but, you know, after seeing him more closely and watching him, I, I have a very, very um, – I'm very – Low on his motor, I think that he disappears far too often I think he's physically gifted But in terms of what impact he's going to make at the college level I still have my questions in terms of of how he's going to be able to adjust To having a a motor every every time he steps on the floor And, you know, not disappearing in big moments and stuff like that I I still need to see it from there So I I dropped him down to seven Uh, Number eight, David
2: BJ Boston.
0: There you and, go. I like um, that pick.
2: I could have him as high as number six, uh, because Jalen Johnson and and Maker, there we've already talked about there's a little bit of an asterisk that goes with them. Um, you know, BJ's had an outstanding season so far with Sierra Canyon. They played at the target center in Minneapolis. That was a huge event yep. over the weekend and actually played Jalen's team. And I think 17,000 in there uh, Saturday night to watch it. And, um, you know, people that I've, I've spoken with, you know, in Minnesota that, you know, obviously were, were for uh, the Mini AHA Academy team. Um, just, you know, kind of talked about how good a player that he is. He was really impressive. And, you know, everywhere that he's gone, um, you know, there's not been any letdowns. We've talked about guys having bad games, but – He's not been one of them. It just seems like game after game after game, he's just, he's doing the same thing. He's just, he's shooting, he's showing offensive tools, can handle the ball, can play a one through to three, is a three level scorer. So, you know, I mean, what, I mean, a guy's got skills and, and, uh, he's a three level scorer. What else do you want? He's consistent. What else do you need?
0: I, I'm right there with you. Uh, Travis, number. I got VJ – I got B.J. Boston at eight as
1: well. Uh, Three-level scorer, secondary ball handler, underrated playmaker, and I think he's one of the most natural scorers in the class.
0: Man, I cannot believe that I have B.J. Boston lower. Me, a a very, very outspoken B.J. Boston, you know, huge fan of his game. I have him lower than both of you guys. I'm very surprised. Uh, I went with Isaiah Todd at number eight. I... Fell in love with his game. He, you know, for the longest time, he was my favorite player in the class, just in terms of his versatility. He, he a lot of people, you know, he could go the scal. Scal rate or the Anthony Davis rate in terms of being a finesse face-up scorer uh, at the high school level and how that would develop how how that would translate to the college game I am all in on Isaiah Todd if he ever steps foot on on the college floor I am thrilled that Kentucky is playing Michigan next year in in the in the chance that he ends up signing there and and playing there next season Um, I am just I am so excited to watch Isaiah Todd in person I I love his game Um, I I think he is very versatile I think he's uh, one of the best Scoring bigs in the country If not the top scoring big Big, 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 big fan of Isaiah Todd's game I think that was a swing and and miss On Kentucky's part I think they should have locked him up But that's all right. Uh, That's who I have at number 8 Number 9, David My
2: pick is Scotty Barnes um, And it's interesting He's one of these guys that, that Can do it without having a big offensive night. I think we look at so many of these guys' scores, but um, he's the Swiss RB night. If you look up, he's got 14 points. He's got 10 rebounds, seven, eight assists. He's got all that. So uh, he does it without having a huge night offensively. Uh, now, I'm going to tell you, if he can pick his game up where he turns into a big-time scorer, uh, Look out. He could go up that list because he, he's a basketball player.
0: <laughs> All right. Travis, who is your pick for number nine? Jalen Suggs. Uh, like David said a
1: minute ago, he's really picked up his game. And I, there for a while, there wasn't a clear number two point guard behind Kate Cunningham in this class. And he's, he stepped it up.
0: Very cool. Very good <laughs> pick. Um, For my pick, my number nine, I am going BJ Boston. Um, couldn't, couldn't drop way too low behind you guys. I am, like I said, I'm a big BJ Boston fan. I think he's going to be an elite scorer. Uh, I, one thing that's really impressing me about his his start to his senior year is the fact that he is scoring almost exclusively as a mid range to to you know scoring from the mid range to perimeter. I mean he's he's getting his dunks and his transition buckets and all that, but in terms of when he is is creating his own shot. His scores are almost exclusively coming from from the mid range to the perimeter. Uh, you know, he's he's not getting easy layups or physically dominating guys. So I think that is going to translate to the college game way you know way better than a guy that that is just you know taking advantage of, of bully ball situations at the high school level against you know a, a guy like Josh Christopher. I'm not saying him in particular, but a guy that thrives more as a driver and you know initiating contact and being more physical than the guy. I I think BJ Boston has more of a finesse game. He you know from he's scoring so well at the mid mid range and perimeter, it's gonna translate really well to the college game. So I have him at number nine. Number ten, David.
2: Um just kind of spotty from here. I'm gonna go with Josh Christopher. He was one of my favorite guards in the spring. Um, you know, and I said it then. He he looked to me kind of like the John Calipari type of guard, but he did it from the point guard spot, and he was more of a scorer. You know, has a body that's physically ready uh, for the um, for the college game. Um, he needs to uh, add more from the outside. I just don't think and if you if you end up doing it. Just from out front, just penetrating every time. Even though he's just just ultra athletic and and strong kid, you know you're you're not going to play up to your promise. Uh, but he does need to add that outside shot. If he does, then, then I'm very comfortable where I've got him. If he isn't, you know he's going to drop a little bit.
0: Travis, number
1: ten. Yeah, like David said, we're splitting hairs with these from here on out, so I'm going to keep them real short and sweet. But I've got uh, Makur Maker at ten. I think he's got unicorn uh, possibilities, but a lot of question marks about his game as well.
0: I went with Josh Christopher at 10 for the same reasons that that David said big fan of Josh Christopher's game would have loved him at Kentucky. Uh, I think that there are some some shooting flaws in his game. Uh, I do think that he is physically imposing you know at the high school level. We'll see how that translates to the college level. I think it will translate well uh, but you know I, I I do need to see a little bit more out of him on the perimeter uh, before I move him up my list. number 11 David.
2: Jaden Springer and as much as it hurts me to say it, I've got two guys they are going to the University of Tennessee in my top 13.
0: Oh, my goodness. Wow. All right. Yeah. All right, Travis. Yeah, I, I, I won't
2: sleep well tonight.
0: <laughs> Travis, 11.
1: I got Josh Christopher for the same reasons you all, you all said. Big guard, only question mark is shooting. But I think if you put other good players around him, I think it will be phenomenal at the college level. I'd like to see him in Michigan.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I Oh, that would be the, my two. My my two favorite non-Kentucky recruits, former Kentucky recruits, playing at the one at one school. I it would be. All over that, I'd be a b- very big fan of that So yeah, I, I'm right there with you, that's an awesome pick I went with Jalen Suggs for what, what what you guys said before I have been really, really impressed with how he started this year And kind of just who he is as a player and how his game has developed I, I think he's going to be really, really good If he goes to Gonzaga, I am I think the jury's still out on that We will see, money talks uh, And I, I think money will, will talk at the very end of the day I think he'll end up overseas uh, Number 12, David
2: Greg Brown,
0: and I know I've got him a little bit
2: lower. Uh, I, I know I got to see him as much lately as maybe you guys have. i watching videos. You're talking about him expanding his game. I think he needs to do that. He it was a little weird. He he just seemed like you know he's listed six eight. You could swear he was 6'10", 6'11". You watched him on EYBL because he was so long. And he played like an old-school four. You know, he just protected the rim. He rebounded. He was long. I think he's versatile. He can switch out on on smaller guys. But, you know, and and then you look up and you say 6'8", and you say there's no way. So, obviously, at that size, he needs to project his game. Yeah. Out on the floor just a little bit. Uh,
1: Travis. I got Isaiah Todd at 12. I dropped him a little bit. Compared to you guys, I think that he's been floating out on the perimeter too much for me, but if if it was based on the games I've watched him play this year, I'd have him lower, but I think he's got so much upside and versatility that you got to keep him in the top 12, 15 range.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, I went uh, with Scotty Barnes at 12. I think that he is very, very good at a lot of things, not great at anything, uh, and I think that projects well for a – a pretty, pretty solid to very good college basketball player. I don't know how great he can be. Uh, I know, I, I mean, I know that they're going to give at Florida State, they're going to let him, you know, they're going to give him the keys to the offense and let him do what he wants to do. And that might allow him to move up higher on the list. What, what kind of like what you guys said? Uh, I, I think that's going to be huge for him and his development to, to just, you know, let him do, let him be Scotty Barnes at the next level. I think that's going to be huge for him. So, uh I, I do think he's a – you know, I think he's a top in that range for a reason. He's very, very good at, at, at a lot of things. I just I just have questions about what he is great at at this point. Uh, number 13, David.
2: Keon Johnson. Um, you know, he was really underrated starting out. Didn't play on the shoe circuit. um. Doesn't attend a, a school. He goes to the web school in Bellbuckle, Tennessee. And and I, I know everybody will be Googling Bell Buckle, uh when they hear this one. Um, so just a lot of people haven't seen him play. And, you know, when he was ranked um, 30th, 35th, somewhere in that range, I asked Eric Bossie about him, and he just said, I haven't got to see him play enough. And, you know, I, when he first went to the NBPA, uh, we'll top 100 up in Charlottesville, uh, nobody really knew who he was and I got a text from a guy who some said my first time seeing him I think he's as good as anybody here and you know he could fall out of bed and be top 25 so I think that started to happen as more and more people have seen him you know he he's crept up in the top 20 from a guy nobody knew of a year and a half ago
0: yeah yeah um Travis yeah Dayron Sharp
1: the future Tar Heel, I think that he's got a lot of the upside down, though. I like how he plays with his back to the basket.
0: Uh, I went with McCurr Maker here. Uh, I, I have a lot of questions about his game. I was not very impressed when I saw him uh, at the MBPA Top 100 camp. I think he's overweight. I think, uh, he, I, I think he's – not, I, I think he's trying to implement a more finesse game and 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 be more guard-like, almost because he doesn't want to bang down low and and, and do all that. I think he's a little bit lazy. Uh, I think the potential is there. I mean, for obvious reasons, he does have a lot of good, good guard, guard skills and all that. But I am not as high on Maker as most people are, uh, and that's okay. I'm, you know, I'm one person's opinion, but let that. Those be are all
2: good points.
0: Yeah. Uh all right, number fourteen, David. Isaiah Todd.
2: And and I dropped him a little bit, and there's no doubt. He's super athletic. And you know, you have to ask yourself, do you rate these guys by what they can be next year in college is probably a one and done type? Or are we talking about how good they could be when they're twenty five years old? Yeah. And He's one of these guys I see more when they're 25 years old if, if he's if he's playing at that age because uh, I, I think he and uh, and you know some of the other guys um, have really tried bigger guys in that 6'8, 6'9 range six ten range have have tried so hard to move their game outside and they never play up to that potential in college because their skill level hasn't developed yet to their athleticism. And I think he's one of those kids that I I, I think he'd probably be a better pro than a college player, actually.
0: Uh, Travis? Number 14, I got Jaden
1: Springer. I think that he's a great three-level scorer. He can play point guard in a pinch and is the epitome of a combo guard.
0: I went with Dacian Nix at fourteen. I uh, I have loved his start to his. His senior year, I think he he is uh, the best passing guard in the nation. He's scoring way way better than I gave him credit for. In fact, the only reason why Kentucky didn't offer is because they they question his scoring ability and, and whether or not he could shoot the ball. And to start the year, he has continued to be the you know the best passing guard in the nation, and has has matched that scoring and shooting to to you know to be, become a a. Very good college basketball player. I think he's going to be very, very impressive at UCLA. And depending on who joins him, you know, I think, I think uh, we'll we'll see what Josh Christopher does. But I know that they have been talking about playing together, and I think that'd be a fun duo. I uh, I'm a big fan of Dation Nick's game. Uh, number fifteen, David. Um,
2: uh, Sharif yes. Cooper. Um. Uh, a, a, you know, a player at one time that I was – I was really, really high on. Um, and and still, I, I still am to a degree. Um, you know, small, going to Auburn, uh, going to be a, a really good point guard for them.
0: Travis. I've Tra- got Kareem Cooper at 15 as
1: well. Um, one of my favorite high school players. I don't know how it's going to translate to the collegiate level. I don't think he'll ever be a pro, or at least a can have a long pro career, but I, I love watching him in high school and yeah, I think I think he'll take over the Jared Harper spot at Auburn
0: I went with Daron Sharp at fifteen. I think he's gonna be very, very impressive in the front court uh at North Carolina next season. Um, I'm you know, I'm I'm a big fan of his game. I think he's a little bit underrated in, in some of the other recruiting services. I think North Carolina got a got a good one there. Fifteen or uh sixteen, David. Um, Isaiah Todd. I th- yeah, wait, but I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow, um, you had he's so good. He's he's back. in there twice in the yeah, top twenty. Yeah, i got him
2: twice. Man, um, that's a
0: hell of a player.
2: Gosh, come back to me. Why have I got Isaiah down twice? Come back to me on that one. I'm sorry. All right. Oh, Isaiah Jackson. God, what am I thinking? <laughs> God, that'll that that'll raise the Ira Kentucky fans. <laughs> you know, You got a Kentucky prospect there. Um, just. Uh, you know, a freakish athlete um, and and shot blocker, rebounder. He's got to add scoring, and it, it's it's going to be at Kentucky before he does that. I really don't think he's going to. He needs that coaching that's there. And like I said, we're also we're asking ourselves: Are we looking at guys on down the road or guys next year? And he's one of these guys. You know, about two three years from now um who, who who could really just just blow up
0: Yep. uh Travis I've got Bryce Thompson
1: headed to Kansas I love his scoring ability from all three levels and I think he's going to fill it up uh for the Jayhawks next season
0: I had Jaden Springer for the reasons you guys said before I th- I think uh unfortunately he's going to be a good one in orange uh David, 17.
2: Jamin Brakefield.
0: Oh, my Uh, goodness. Wow. That's a guy
2: I kind of waited on um, for Kentucky maybe to offer. But I'm going to tell you this, man. Every time I watched his AAU team play last year, he outplayed Jalen Johnson. And they had five or six you know, um high major guys, big ten SEC type players on that team. And he was the best player on the court for that team, uh, Team Phenom. He was the best player every time I saw him, he was the best player on that team.
0: Wow. That that is a shock. I I am gonna be the first to tell you I did not have Jamin Brakefield in my top twenty. Uh Travis. I went with Caleb Love at 17. I think he's
1: going to really thrive in Roy Williams' system as a scoring lead guard for them, and I love his size and athleticism.
0: Um, I this this is where I went, uh, Sharif Cooper. Here, um, I have been pretty outspoken on this podcast that I have my have my doubts on him as a at, at the next level. But if there is one, if there is one coach that is going to un- unlock his potential uh, in that system and play him like a Jared Harper and, and some of his fast, quick, you know those those type guards, uh, it's it's Bruce Pearl. I think that that's a perfect fit for him. There's nowhere else he could have gone at the next level uh, for if he wants if he wants to become the player that he is at the college at the high school level. Uh, if he wants to be that same player at the college level, there was no other school he could have gone to other than uh, you know other than Auburn under under Bruce Pearl. I think that's a per, I think that's a match made in heaven. I have my I have my doubts about how he's going to be able to finish against elite SEC bigs. Uh, he he struggles against size and length down low. At, right now, it's only going to get worse for him. Uh, but if they like I said. I I think that that is a good match for him and it's going to, it's going to, that's why I have him where, you know, as low as I am on him, I think that's where I have him, you know, why I still have him in the top 20 because I think it's a great fit for him at Auburn. Uh, Number 18, uh, David.
2: A bunch of these guys, uh, I'm going to just admit it. A bunch of these guys that are ranked in the twenties, I have not seen play or Kentucky wasn't recruiting them and I didn't pay attention when I did see them. Uh so Lance Ware, uh, at eighteen. This is not a homer deal. Yeah, I think um, I think this is know, a homer Rivals deal. Rivals has got him <laughs> number thirty-three. And like I said, there's there's quite a few guys in the twenties I didn't get to watch him play. So that is an honest assessment. Um I you know, I I, I loved his I loved his athleticism. I loved his defense. Um um you know, his size was able to to switch uh, uh, spots defensively, guard perimeters. And, and now, you know, they say he's, he's working on adding that outside game. So, you know, if he does that, then, I mean, he's, he's going to have a really good career at
1: Kentucky. Uh, Travis. I've got Dacia Nix at 18. Like Jack talk, talked about, I think that it's, his career is going to – come and go as the shooting and defense does, but I think he's such a good playmaker that he's always going to have a spot at the next level and at the NBA level.
0: Uh, I went with Devin Askew at eighteen. I like I like I said on this podcast multiple times, I think he's gonna be one heck of a a college basketball player. I don't know what he's gonna do at the NBA level, but I think he is a gamer. I think he's a competitor, I think he's one hell of a shooter. Uh, he has his flaws like Sharif Cooper does, like the guys some of the guys ahead of him. Uh, he is eighteen, not ten for a reason. Uh, I think I, I you know, But that does not mean uh, that I'm low on his game at all. I think that he is going to be one heck of a college basketball player, and I think he is a point guard that could lead Kentucky to a national title. I have said that multiple times, and I am holding my ground on that. Uh, 19, David.
2: Henry Coleman.
0: Um, going to Duke uh, is
2: going to be uh, an old-school 4 Height-wise, may be a little undersized, but he's not. With his, um, his just strength, you know, he's built like I've seen very few college or high school players that are built like him. Six, seven, 240, back to the bucket. Looks like he's camped out in the weight room, um, and was the best back to the basket player that I saw last summer. Uh, just dominated at Adidas uh the gauntlet national gauntlet event. Just nobody could I mean nobody wanted a piece of him inside. He just bullied people. Um he'll be he's not gonna be a pro. He's one of those guys. He's old school, rugged four, but you know, he what he does, the thing that he does well, he doesn't bear anybody in the country.
0: Interesting. That that's very interesting. Um let's see, Travis.
1: I've got Keon Johnson, guard going to Tennessee. So I've got two Tennessee players in my top 20. I think he's a strong athletic guard that can score from mid-range and uh, really really capable of driving to the basket. And I think that Rick Barnes is g- going to be a force to reckon with in the SEC once he gets these five stars in this program.
0: Man, Kentucky fans are not going to like hearing you guys uh f- you know fawning over to to uh future volunteers hey they
1: could u- they could use another quality sec win this year they're not going to complain about it next year that's that's
0: hey i live in tennessee
2: i hope i'm in a coma if, <laughs> if i have to go through another year like i went through last year i'll i'll <laughs> I'll, I'll gladly take about a 6 month comatose state <laughs>
0: I went with Bryce Thompson at 19. Uh, I think it's a great fit there at Kansas. Um, And I'm very glad that he did not end up at Oklahoma State to play next to uh, Cade Cunningham. That makes me very happy uh, because, you know, for obvious reasons. Anyway, uh, let's finish it out. Number 20, David.
2: Mede Sissoko uh, from Utah uh, going to Michigan State one of the most dynamic shot blockers I've ever seen in my life. And he was another one that Calipari and Kenny Payne were sitting there courtside watching him at Under Armour last July. And he was – he put on a show. I mean, they were volleyball spikes. Yeah. And I really thought they would offer, but it was really raw offensively. But he's one of those kind of guys, you know, Tom Izzo gets a post player like that, man, he's going to just turn him
0: loose. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Travis, finish this out.
1: I've got Namari Burnett headed to Texas Tech. I think he's going to absolutely fill it up down there. I love watching him and Jalen Green play. They're the most dynamic high school backcourt in the country.
0: Very interesting. Uh, For 20, I went with Kai Soto. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I went with Walker Kessler at, at 20. Uh, I, think, I think he's going to be a, a very good player. Uh, the I, only person slower than Kai Soto <laughs> in the top 25. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Walker Kessler I I think he's going to be a very Very good college basketball player I don't think he has a pro ceiling But that's alright, he's going to do the job At the next level Uh, And with that, that is our top 20 And uh, by the time You guys hear this tomorrow I hope that uh, you guys are celebrating me and my top 20 and how it is obviously better than the other two, uh, especially with David and his just absolute craziness at the bottom of that top hey, 20. Hey, let's put a poll up. Oh, I, uh, I, I plan on it. I, I completely plan yeah, we on can, it. Yeah,
1: we can definitely
0: do that. Yeah, because David, man, you you went out there with some of those picks, at least at least Travis and well, I. Well, I
2: told you, I, I was not, and I said I this, I, I was just, I understand you say, Well, is that the best twenty players in America? No, but it was the best twenty players that I saw.
0: Yeah, and I, I was I'm just I'm just joking Oh, I know.
2: I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, there's no doubt. If anybody uh says, Hey man, your top twenty's garbage, I'm gonna be well, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Understand. All right. Well, we are uh we are a little bit over, so we were gonna go pretty in depth about the basketball team, but uh very quickly let's just run through Okay, David, we'll start with you. What worked last week against against Louisville? How did that translate to uh, Missouri? And then what's going to happen, uh, I guess, by the time you guys listen to this, it'll be tonight uh, when the Cats head to Athens to take on the Georgia Bulldogs.
2: I felt like, you know, just going back into overtime, you know, it was a tie game, and Nick Richards um, – Like I said, I think if if Nick Richards, um, if if he has indeed turned the corner, I think you go back in overtime, he had six points um, in regulation and ended up score seven in overtime, ended up with 13. I think the last, I'd say like in his playing time, like the last maybe uh, like 30 minutes, he's had 28 points and 15 rebounds. And, you know, Calipari even uh, drew up three straight plays for him. I thought that was big. Um, and and uh, Tyrese Maxey and Ashton Hagen's their ability to get to the rim, uh, the, and, 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 you know, quickly can shoot – shooting. he didn't shoot it necessarily in that overtime, but obviously against Missouri, you know, he could knock down some three-pointers. So I think that's their strengths. If, if Nick Richards can play like that, um, it makes his team eminently better. Um, I would have to say, too um, – Louisville didn't – they didn't help themselves uh, on the foul line. And Kentucky made shots. And uh, I think Louisville missed two front ends. And then I think they had another one where they missed both. I'm not mistaken. But, you know, they, they were woeful. And in a game like that, uh, you know, you could almost feel it if you're a Louisville fan, which I wasn't. But you you kind of knew it. When they're missing foul shots and then they have a guard goes down with an injury and in overtime that, you know, it's just not going to work out for them to win.
0: Uh, Travis. Um, you know, follow, follow up on that. What what do you think? Uh, worked really well against Louisville and Missouri, and then uh, give me your uh, very loose prediction slash what you hope to see against Georgia. Uh, on Tuesday. On Tuesday.
1: For the Louisville game, uh, I think that's when Nick Richards uh, uh, mentally turned the corner. I think that and one in overtime was the hopefully the turning point of his career. If not, I, it was definitely the biggest moment of his career up up until now um when I mean, he's engaged he's one of the top big men in the country there's no denying that it's keep, keeping him engaged and keeping that head up whenever something goes wrong but he's been absolutely he's been an absolute monster on both ends of the court i think that right now uk has developed a solid four a uh, solid core four, four players that being hagan's quickly Maxie and richards and they just need somebody to step up and be that fifth guy whether it's uh, E.J. Montgomery, Keon Brooks, Khalil Whitney, somebody needs to step up. Uh, Nate Sestina being consistent and being able to stay on the floor. But I think tomorrow or tonight, for the people that are listen to this for the first time tomorrow, that um, against Georgia, I think Ashton Higgins needs to play or else Kentucky's going to be an up-and-down battle with only two guards on the roster since Johnny Juzang is most likely not going to play. And those two guards combined for six fouls a game already, and I think that I don't think it would be the prettiest thing in a in the uh, first. Is it the first true away game? Uh, yes, yes it is. Yep. It
2: is the first real road game. Yep. Yeah,
1: first real road game with uh, either Emmanuel Quickly or Tyrese Maxey running the show. There's, it's not say that they couldn't do it, but. I think you need Ashton Higgins in that game for it to be a well-oiled ship. and But I'm looking forward to watching Anthony Edwards and Tyrese Maxey on the floor at the same time.
0: Yeah, that that is that is gonna be must see TV. I I am such a fan of Anthony Edwards' game, and and I you guys know how how happy I, I have been with Tyrese Maxey and what I thought of him as a recruit. I thought they were two of the best guards in the nation. I, I you know watching them compete at the various All Star games and all that stuff it, it, that was just a, such a joy to watch. I'm very excited to see that happen again. But yeah, you guys hit hit it right on the head. Nick Richards, man, his growth over the last the last two games. I mean, I, I think he I, I legitimately. Think he followed up his best the best game of his career against Louisville 13 and 10 uh, and just you know more so his clutch moments like you like Travis like you said the just the confidence factor that and one bucket in overtime and and just not necessarily his overall body of work to, at, overall body of work at 13 and 10 but those those crucial key moments where he was able to turn that leaf where he had screwed up so many times over and over again over over the course of his career where he finally clicked and and turned into the player we all hoped he could become the fact that he was able to do that in such a massive game and against such a massive opponent and you know with with national, uh, you know on national television the way he did it that was so so impressive i think he followed up his best performance as a wildcat with his with the best performance of, of his career as a, as a Wildcat. I, I think he he had back to back career nights. Uh, just I mean his overall dominance into open SEC play. Gosh, that was just so impressive. How he was scoring that Euro step. Oh my goodness. By the way, Travis, props to you. You asked one hell of a question about that Euro step. You got a great quote out of him saying, "Oh, my teammates didn't know I had that in my bag." I thought that was awesome. Well done there, um, yeah. I think I think Nick Richards has been the key to their growth. I need to see Khalil Whitney. If Ashton Hagens can't go tomorrow or tonight, whenever you guys are listening to this, we got to get something out of Khalil Whitney. I'm sorry if Kentucky's going to be down a guard. I know that I know Khalil's a, a, technically a forward, and he's even been playing some of the four. But they are going to need production out of him, uh, you know, just in terms of driving and getting easy buckets and and and. You know alley-oop lay-ins whatever However he needs to score To get comfortable that he has to be the guy To to replace some of that production Especially with Johnny Juzang I I, I think His time is coming more than anybody uh, But man Khalil we got To get something out of him I don't care What it is it can be you know a couple Major stops on defense I don't care It, it just has to be a positive On-court development because what, he, what We've seen from him up to this Point has just been hey, I mean he just Hasn't been good he just flat out he has been a very bad basketball player outside of some stints as a pretty as a as an impressive defender he's had some some pretty good some stretches there but his overall body of work has not been impressive it's still very young in the season you know, the, all all hope is not lost, but you know now would be the perfect opportunity for him to to finally turn things around. Um, all right, real, Jack, re- you
2: uh, I, I didn't say anything about Missouri, but I, I want to say this quickly because you were talking about Nick, and um, I'm gonna tell you even in games that he hasn't scored, I watch you know kind of covering rivals for or basketball with rivals for three different teams. I watch a lot of college games and i'm going to tell you even in games when nick doesn't score i'm going to tell you what kentucky does better than anybody in the country and i felt like they did it better than anybody in the country last year um i think when nick and ej are on the court they can switch uh and just switch everything and bigs can guard guards and there's no mismatches, and they turn offense to defense, or excuse me, defense to offense, and get out on the break using their athleticism. I think they do that better than anybody. If you watch um, last uh, Saturday, when quickly hit those two, three-pointers that kind of put Missouri to the point of no return, and even though it wasn't the first half, it all happened off uh, guards getting rebounds because Kentucky just switched and switched and switched. On ball screens, and Missouri could get no mismatch. Mm -hmm. And they they threw up shots where they weren't open. Kentucky gets a rebound or off to the races. And they hit quickly twice in a row in a fast break from that trail spot. And they do that better than anybody. So um, I think give them credit in that game. But I'm going to give Nick and EJ. And the people get that on EJ Montgomery. But, you know, and I I know we all get frustrated at times with them offensively, more than at times. But I'm going to tell you something defensively. they're, they're as good as any front court in the country.
0: Yeah, all all very good points. Uh, real quickly, uh, David, score prediction for Georgia.
2: Man, there's so much. Uh, well, Hagan's, if Hagan's was playing, I would take Kentucky by about five or six points. Uh, if he's not, man, this is going to be tough. I'm, I'm sitting here watching. Georgia and Memphis, while we were doing a show, I'm sitting here watching uh, the replay of Georgia and Memphis and just trying to get an idea. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was not impressed with that Memphis team. I think they take poor shots, but they play so differently than Kentucky does. They just spread it out and jack something. Yeah. Whereas Kentucky's going to look for good shots. Um, I like Kentucky's style of play much more. It's going to be tough. First game, Hagan's out. I'm going to be honest with you. If he doesn't play, I-, I will have to go with Georgia. They're going to hold the score down to give themselves a shot. And the thing is, on Hagan's out, can they score enough? I think it's low to mid-60s. I, I think with Hagan's, I would take them 69-62. Without Hagan's, um, I you know, 64, 62, 65, 63, Georgia, somewhere in that range.
0: Interesting. Travis. I'm
1: going to keep mine short and sweet. Uh, UK wins by 10 with Hagen's like 72, 62 type of deal. And they win by two without Hagen's like 64, 62.
0: I'm right there with you. I think it'll be uh, not an easy win with Hagens, but I, I think they could win fairly comfortably. I I, I would go uh, give me 74-60-64. Uh, with Hagins if he's able to play If not, I do think Kentucky still Finds a way to win, I think uh, Emmanuel Quickly has a big game, I'm gonna say Without Hagins, we'll say Kentucky 71 Georgia 68 final uh, And with that, we will Call it a wrap on this episode hey, can, I, can I speak on something
1: real quick? Yes, uh, A lot of people are uh, wondering about it <clears throat> 2022 Four uh, star guard Bruce Thornton Good call, good, a- call good call, good call Kentucky for the Missouri game and I spoke with him afterwards. He's averaging twenty points, six assists, and five rebounds so far this season. And I texted uh, I texted Jack some of his quotes earlier and he's like, Oh my god, sign him up. That's the type of guard that I want in Cal system. He said, Um, first of all, he said, the Kentucky visit went really well. I just went to the game. Well, first off, listen to some of these quotes that he has. He's like super well spoken kid and Some of the best quotes I've gotten out of uh, kids post-visit. I just went to the game and toured the practice facilities and the amenities. I visited with the players and coaches, and I listened more than I spoke. It's all new, so I just want to enjoy the process and take it as much knowledge as possible. And he said, the, the atmosphere was indescribable. I didn't know what to expect going in, but the fans were definitely supportive and engaging. The overall experience gave me a sense of reality, and I'm honored and blessed. The visit brought me clarity and a better understanding of having control of my own destiny. And he said, he, th- I talked to him a couple nights ago, and he said he didn't have any visits planned, but he is visiting Auburn. I've heard that Auburn is not a huge threat in his recruitment from somebody close to him, but it's worth noting. And this is the this is the uh, quote that got Jack's juices flowing. Oh yeah, he, the uh, the twenty twenty two point guard said that he watches a lot of Kawhi Leonard and Patrick Beverly film because of their defense, and he wants to model their game after theirs. And he currently holds offers from Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Iowa State, Vanderbilt, and Xavier. And somebody, that, the person I talked to, was close to him. Said six one point guard or six one guard, tough as nails, Marcus Smart comparison, big time defender, scores at will when he decides to. Works really, really, really hard on his game. and He's also a great
0: kid. That is what got my juices flowing because I am, you know, I've been very outspoken about my love for the Boston Celtics and. Marcus Smart is the leader of that because he is perfect and I love everything about him. Uh, And to have a Marcus Smart Part 2 would make me very, very happy. So, yes, give me all of Bruce Thornton. I am very excited about it. Uh, By the sound of your report, it sounds like Kentucky's in phenomenal position. Uh, the The fact that they've been able to separate themselves this early as a, as a major contender, uh, you know, I, I think that that bodes really well for him in the long run. And I'm very excited about it. That's that's very awesome. Did he say, did he say anything about my top 20? Yeah, he said it sucked. Yeah, he said it, he said it sucked, and Travis <laughs> was the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, I appreciate you both. Thank you both for joining me so much. Uh, guys, uh, if, if any of you guys listening to the show, if you're interested in sponsoring it, please don't re- hesitate to reach out to me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR or via email jpilgrim at kentuckysportsradio.com. David, where can fans find your work?
2: At Cats Illustrated, along with Travis and Coach David Sisk at Twitter.
1: And Travis. You can find my work alongside Davis at Cats Illustrated. You can find me on Twitter at Trav underscore Graph. And you can find my other podcast, the Cat Scan podcast, on any podcast network. We're about to record right now with uh, Saturday Down South Joe Cox, who's joining the show. And you can also follow it on Twitter. That, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at cat pod.
0: Well, I appreciate you both. Thank you guys for joining me. And with that, we will be back next week for another jam packed sources, Say podcast. We will see you then.